welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast, bringing you news and financial tips for doctors, dentists, teachers and lawyers. Hello, I'm Neil Whelan and welcome to another edition of the Wesleyan Podcast. This episode was recorded live earlier this year at the Wesleyan Conference between our Chief Financial Officer Ahmed Farouk and our Managing Director of Investments, Robert Vaudry. The pair of them looked back at some of the market issues that impacted our investments team in 2017, as well as looking ahead at some of the things they expect to see this year. It was recorded back in February 2018, in a week when global stock markets took a tumble, and that's something Robert and Ahmed make reference to halfway through. Now, as they'll be talking about the performance of the stock markets in the past, present and future, it's important to remind you this podcast is for information purposes only, and does not constitute financial advice, and a financial decision should not be made on any information given. Also, the value of investments can fall as well as rise, so that means you could get back less than you invest. And with that, let's hear what they had to say. Robert, welcome to the stage. Um, your first year at Wesleyan. Now, the investment team won Active Manager of the Year. Barnet Waddingham ranked our With Profits Fund number one out of 46 UK With Profit Funds. And an incredible 78% of our funds rank in either the first or second quartile. It's not a bad result, is it? Uh, we had a good year in 2017. It was a, a great way to start. Um, probably the first thing I should say is that the team was exactly the same team that was there as was last year under Clive Ward. And, and I'd like to thank, firstly, like to thank Clive for sort of handing over such a great team. And we do operate as a team. Uh, but we do make some big calls. The reason we performed well is there were some big calls. We certainly, from the start, felt that equities would have a good year in 2017. We saw a lot of global growth, and that fed into corporate earnings. And a lot of companies, every quarter they announce, and they beat their earnings forecasts. But there were some political calls we made as well. After the Dutch election in, uh, in March, uh, we felt very strongly that in Europe, uh, uh, Macron would easily beat Le Pen, and that the French results would be far better than expected. And so that implied that continental European shares would do very well as well. So we made that call. Uh, some of you will know I'm a, a Remainer, I'm afraid to say. Half of you will like that, half of you won't. Um, but on that, we always thought it was more likely that the end game would be a soft Brexit. And what we've seen during the course of 2017 was Sterling recovered two-thirds of the way uh, after its drop after the referendum. And, you know, it allowed us to create an investment strategy around that view. But thirdly, and most importantly, despite... Um, I was at a conference in Berlin mid-year last year, and there was a lot of American speakers there saying they really weren't sure whether Donald Trump would get anywhere with his tax reforms. Yet, uh, we always had absolute conviction that the one thing he would get through is tax reforms. And he did in December. And the anticipation of that and the expectation was really what drove equity markets around the world in 2017. And it was a great year for equities. And because of those calls, it was a very good year for us. So you've got some calls right with regards to the, the politics, um, European elections, Trump and his tax reforms. What calls did you get wrong? Uh, we, look, it, it, in my game, <laughs> every year you probably have five big calls you've got to get right. We're right in the middle of one of those now as it happens, which maybe I'll talk about in a minute. But um, if you get three right in a year, you have quite a good year. If you get four right, you have a very good year. And if you get five right, you have a phenomenal year, although you probably find the regulator gives you a call and wondering what the hell's going on. But, but last year, um, I, I did get worried about the general election. Of all things I should get right, I probably should get the UK general election result right. 
and I completely missed it. I thought the Tories would win comfortably, and of course they didn't. I know you got it wrong, which is why I asked the question. Yeah, yeah, well, you're, you're a very kind chap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think but we do miss things as well, like the, the way we're structured at the moment, and perhaps the, the experience of the department. Emerging markets did extraordinarily well last year. A, a lot of emerging markets, up 25 30%. And we weren't investing in emerging markets. And there are things we need to do differently to make sure we're more diversified and have a more global vision in terms of how we invest. OK, so let's bring it back perhaps more closer to the present time. We've seen more volatility in 2018 so far than the whole of 2017, in particular this week, where it's all over the news. What's, what's going on? What's your take? Uh, it's been a challenging week. It's been a. It's an, from, you know, for me, I wake up in the mornings absolutely driven at times like this because this is a big call moment. This is probably one of those four or five occasions this year where we're taking a view. And our view has been from the start of the year that because of those US tax reforms and the growth that's going to mean for the US economy, it's going to drag equity markets higher. Now, thankfully, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was at a presentation. I said, but for that, January had been fantastic. And I thought there could well be a 5 to 10% correction in the market. Now, you know, as of this morning, markets, a lot of markets around the world are down 10%. So it's kind of happened. But we see this as a great buying opportunity. We've been buying since Tuesday. The team has steadily been buying the cash we'd set aside for the rainy day that we've just had. We've been buying into those markets, continue to buy today. Thankfully, we're actually continuing to buy more international stocks, so we're beginning to diversify away from the UK. Um, and we think equities will, will recover um, relatively quickly and will have end the year higher. So that's the big call, if you like. Equities do well. Property should be okay. Um, the governor of the Bank of England yesterday was talking about in the UK, maybe interest rates, instead of going up once this year, which have been our forecast, may go up twice so that he can get inflation down to that 2% level. It's only his forecast is 2.25%. He's sort of moved the goalposts. Um, that will impact resi, you know, residential property prices. And I know a number of, I did an event in Cardiff recently, and all the doctors down there, they didn't care about my investment view. All they wanted to know about was what was happening to London property, because they all seemed to own property there. So you know, we need to be wise to that. But the US um, will drive global equities, and that's the big call. Now, with regards to equities, you're talking about what's happening overseas, and there's lots of growth potentially coming. But the fact is, we remain very heavily invested in the UK stock market. Well, why is that? Uh, it's partly legacy. Um, it's also partly because the team manages the UK portfolio extraordinarily well. Um, last year, in UK equities, I think we outperformed the market by about 3% in terms of our fix. So that is good news. Um, but we do want to change that. You know, partly it's driven by every fund has a sort of a rule book, if you like, about what we can and cannot own in it. And we need to make sure in that rule book that we stay within those rules. But we're, we're going to modify those, and we will go more international, because that allows us where overseas markets are growing faster. And there's no doubt in years to come, emerging markets are absolutely going to outperform the more developed markets. We need to be able to anticipate that, and as long-term buy-and-hold investors get into some of those markets. Okay. But what I would say, just about the UK, so it, one of the reasons it's going to underperform is because of Brexit. So businesses are absolutely uh, unable to commit capital right now. 
They don't know what to do. They don't know what the outcome is going to be. As I said earlier on, we suspect that it will end up being a soft Brexit, or um, Bino is the new phrase, uh, Brexit in name only, maybe what may happen. This is going to be a challenging year because we're going to get some deadlines. By the autumn, we have to have a decision. But up to that point, you know, there'll be days when it looks like we're going to do a soft Brexit, and there'll be days when it looks like everything will fall apart. And for some of you in the West Midlands, you may have seen that story that leaked out this week, which said that over the next 15 years, growth in this part of, of the UK could actually suffer by up to 13% if we got a, a no-Brexit deal, a, a WTO sort of default option. That is a huge impact. I know the government ministers are saying, you know what, you know, we didn't commission it, it's, it, it, it's, it's statistics, it's economists sort of making forecasts and they're always wrong. But even if they're only half wrong, it's still a massive impact. And that's why I think the UK market will continue, sadly, to underperform. I mean, the, you know, the FTSE's off about 6% year to date. Other markets have probably given up those gains they initially made in January and are flat or slightly down. So, okay, fantastic. Robert, thank you very much. Pleasure, thank you. I Thank you to Ahmed and Robert. We are in annual results season at the moment, and it's our own AGM in May, so it might be interesting to go back to Ahmed and hear what he's got to say about our annual results for 2017. It has been another fantastic year for Wesleyan, with us delivering against all of our key financial performance measures. Our society premium income, essentially how much customers and members invested with us last year, was at 388 million, 20% greater than 2016. In our report and accounts, what is technically called our Group Fund for Future Appropriations, which represents our society's own funds and is a measure of Wesleyan's financial strength, this now stands at over £656 million. It is significantly more capital than we are required to hold and means we remain one of the most secure financial mutuals in the country. Therefore, we can continue to have a long-standing commitment to investing in equities and are able to withstand periods of market volatility. Our With Profits Fund was independently rated top for investment returns in 2016 by Barnett Waddingham, a major provider of actuarial administration and consultancy services. In 2017, our With Profits funds also didn't disappoint, with it achieving a 10.4% gross return, another fantastic result for our customers. Our assets under management also rose to a record £7.6 billion. It is because of these reasons that the Insurance Asset Management Awards named us the 2017 Active Manager of the Year. In our core life and pensions business, new business premiums were up 27% year-on-year. That is an exceptional result, especially when you consider the demand for one of our protection products was significantly reduced following changes to the new NHS contract for England. For our personal income protection customers, we paid out 98% of claims made. Meanwhile, at our subsidiary companies, there was a 4.3% increase in practice plan and DPAS customer numbers to over 960,000. 
at Wesleyan Bank, there was an 18% growth in our balance sheet with over £178 million of loans being issued. It is always great to hear from our customers and members. The Net Promoter Score, which is an industry-used measure, can range from minus 100 to plus 100 and shows the tendency of customers to recommend an organisation. Our score in 2017 was at plus 54 and compares to our financial services average of just plus 15. We recognise our people are vital to Wesleyan success and we remain focused on recruiting, developing and retaining an engaged workforce around the country. Every year, we carry out a survey of how our team members across the group feel about working for Wesleyan. We're pleased to report our engagement score in 2017 was 77% and 9% increase on the previous year. Wesleyan was also recognised externally with 10 award wins throughout the year. As well as the Active Fund Manager of the Year, we were also named Life Company of the Year by MoneyAge. Meanwhile, our apprenticeship and mentoring schemes were recognised at the Birmingham Post Business Awards, where we picked up the Contribution to the Community Award, as well as the Overall Business of the Year accolade. So all in all, a fantastic year for us as a group, and for our customers and our members. And that's our show for this week. If you'd like more information about investing with Wesleyan, you can visit the website at wesleyan.co.uk and click on the Investments and Savings tab at the top. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Wesleyan. Search for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and we're also now on Instagram, at Wesleyan Careers. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you don't miss a future episode. So until next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.